You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. The emphasis of this month has been upon the church. Ephesians chapter 5. I think most of you are aware that this passage of Scripture has to do with the husband and wife relationship. We've heard it very often preached in that context. <clears throat> Our marriages should reflect Christ's relationship with his church. I just want to read a couple verses here this morning. Before I read these verses, I want to ask you this question. I seriously want you to consider this question this morning. How important is the church to you? How important is the church to you? When I understood what the Lord wanted me to preach on today, this thought came to my mind, we will have a very low attendance. And we do. Almost inevitably, when I preach about Christ church and the importance of the church and being faithful to church and serving within the church, we will have our lowest attendance. You know, that says something to me. Beautiful day outside. I'm sure some have stayed out of church today just to enjoy the weather. Others are under the weather. Others have found other things to do here on this day. But it's very typical. It's also very typical that when I preach on the church and faithfulness to the church, the next service, almost no one shows up. It's like they say, how dare you, preacher? But we're going to preach on it again. Ephesians chapter 5 Verse 25 through verse 27. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ, and here's the phrase, even as Christ also loved the church. Many years ago, some of you may vaguely remember that I preached a series of messages on loving the things the Lord loves. Do you love the church? Do you love Christ's church? as much as he loved the church, in so much that he was willing to lay down his life for the church. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the preaching of your word today, and particularly as we consider how important the church is to you and how important it should be to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I don't think there's anyone that would argue this fact that we as a nation and as a people are becoming more and more secular. 
and the more secular we become, the less essential the church becomes in our personal lives, in our communities, as well as in our country. We have really seen this through the COVID outbreak now lasting about a year. Many have considered the church no longer necessary, no longer essential. And I wonder if the world's attitude towards the church in some ways is reflected in the church's attitude about the church. There's a strong movement today to silence the church and to remove its voice and to remove its influence from our society. How many have ever heard of David Horowitz? Oh, really? That's surprising. Only a handful. I saw about five or six hands go up. David Horowitz is Jewish. And last year he wrote a book called Dark Agenda. And this was the title of his... Now remember, he's Jewish. And this was the title of the book that he wrote just last year, The War to Destroy Christian America became a number one bestseller on the New York Times. I quote from David Horowitz, the rising attacks on Christians and their beliefs threaten all of us as Americans, including myself, a Jew. The liberal establishment and their radical allies envision a new millennium in which Christianity is banned. Judeo-Christian values, listen, Judeo-Christian values are at the very root of America's democracy. Kill off such values and all of our freedoms will surely perish. Unfortunately, very unfortunately, there are a lot of Christians who have allowed the church to become non-essential in their lives. I'm glad that you haven't. I guess I'm preaching to the choir today. In Psalms 122, verse 1, David said this, I was glad. He got excited about this. He said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. So that's the most exciting time of the week when it was time to go to church. Psalm 84 and verse 10, for a day in the courts is better than a thousand and I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. A doorkeeper in the house of of my God. Well, there's many reasons that people have given me over the years for not being faithful to church. I always thought I should write a book, 101 Reasons Why Not to Be Faithful to Church. It would be a bestseller. But lately, it has been COVID, right? COVID has become 
a reason why many have given for not coming to church. I remember when this whole thing broke out, this pandemic, which I don't, I don't believe for a moment it's a pandemic with the definition of a pandemic. It's not. I believe it's being used politically. Uh, I won't even go there, okay? But let me say this. Folks have said to me, well, you know, I'm not going to come back to church to this whole COVID thing is over because I could catch COVID. I have health issues and I could catch COVID and I could die. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. People say, well, I have to work on Sunday. I don't know. The Lord's just been bringing this up. I haven't been bringing this up. The Lord's been bringing this up in my messages lately. I have to work on Sunday. Or it's my day off. I have to work or it's my day off. I'm too busy. I'm tired. I was tired this morning, too. I was. I woke up in the middle of the night, spent some time with the Lord. I have a hard time sleeping, and man, there's an alarm clock right there. That's, actually, that's what I woke up to this morning. Beth and Aaron are now living with us. There is no rest, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. <laughs> People are always not feeling well. You know, this is the truth. Most often, I don't feel well on Sunday morning. I feel like it is. With, you need to find all week long, and Sunday comes around, and you got this pounding headache. I've been deeply hurt. I'm going to talk about that today. My kids are in sports. I can worship on my own. Church is boring. The music is boring. The preacher is boring. Okay, I got that one. The preacher preaches too long. Okay, I'm with you there, too. There are better preachers online. That's true. The preacher and the people are legalistic. I am so tired of hearing that one. People have no idea what legalism is. I'm just not being fed. I don't agree with the pastor. I don't agree with some of the ministries in the church. There's too many carnal people in that church. There's too many judgmental people in that church. Everyone's so spiritual in that church. There are too many hypocrites. I just got a text this week from someone who said they're going to leave the church and one of the reasons, they, the reason wasn't me this time, first time. They actually said they love me. And they're not leaving the church because of me. I said, man, I got to keep that debt. But they said there are just so many hypocrites in the church. You know what? Let's, let's get honest. Every one of us have some hypocrisy in us. If we were to empty the church of hypocrites, there would be no one here, including this preacher. And there's too many hypocrites in church. They're always asking for money and making me feel guilty for not tithing. I'm just burned out. I have no support when I go to church. I just, just don't feel comfortable in church. That was a text I received two weeks ago. It's too far of a drive. I heard someone say one time, a church alive is worth the drive. My husband doesn't attend. My wife doesn't attend. I can watch online. I don't believe the same thing that church believes anymore. There's nothing there that really benefits my life. 
No one appreciates me. These are just a few. I came across this. I shared this on a Wednesday night not too long ago. This was 10 reasons why a preacher quit attending sporting events. Number one, he said, the coach never came and visited me. (laughs) Number two, every time I went, they asked me for money. Number three, the people sitting in my row were not friendly. Number four, the seats were so hard. Number five, the referees made decisions that I did not agree with. Number six, some games went into overtime, and I was late getting home. Number seven, I was never asked how the game should be played. Number eight, the band played songs that I had never heard before. Number nine, games were scheduled on my only day to sleep in and to run errands. Number 10, since I read the book on sports, I feel I know more than the coach anyway. (laughs) See a good parallel there? The early church. And they continued steadfastly. They didn't miss opportunities to get together and fellowship. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. They, and all that believed were together. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. Creation. Creation Museum we just came back from. Creation teaches us that church is essential. The world says it's not. Many Christians don't believe that it is. But creation teaches us that church is essential. Genesis chapter 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made and rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Creation tells us that there's to be a special day, a day that belongs solely as unto the Lord. The Ten Commandments. Wednesday night we're going to look at the Ten Commandments and how they actually are to shape our convictions in life. But the Ten Commandments teach us how important church is. Remember what Solomon said, fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, for God shall bring every work into judgment and every secret thing, whether it be good or bad. Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it what? This is a holy day. We don't know much about holiness anymore. It's a holy day. Six days, I'm like, how do you not get this? Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. That's really difficult to understand, isn't it? Thou shalt not do any work nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, 
nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. I wonder if the reason that many of our young people are abandoning church is that they didn't see church essential in the lives of their parents. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is and rested the seventh day going back to creation. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day back to what he said in creation and blessed the Sabbath day and he hallowed it. The word hallowed means to make holy, sacred, sanctify, consecrate, greatly revere and honor to set apart as sacred. Creation teaches us that the church is essential. The Ten Commandments teaches us that the church is essential. Some 20 years ago, we chose a life verse for our church as Fellowship Baptist Church formed was taken out of Isaiah chapter 58. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restore of the paths to dwell in. Now, verse 13. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, creation, ten commandments, the prophet, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Don't do your pleasure on his holy day. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, it's my day off, I'm headed to the lake the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thy own words. Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and here comes the promise, and I will cause thee to ride on the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, and I love this way it ends, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. I want to tell you, when the Lord speaks something, you can take it to the bank. You can mark it down. This is what he says. I will bless you. You give this day to me. You make it a holy day. So here's what's happening. When you don't make the Lord's day the Sabbath, when you don't make it the holy day, when you do your own pleasure and speak your own things and go your own way and do your own thing, God withholds his blessing. For you're actually forfeiting the blessings of God. Now, I'll tell you something. Only a fool would do that. Hebrews chapter 10. Creation, the Ten Commandments, the prophet. Hebrews chapter 10. You know, you know this verse. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another and provoke one another to love and good works. Not, what's the next word? Forsaking. I mean, come on. This is not an obscure commandment. This is as clear 
as clear as God could make it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have run into believers that are no longer going to church? Every one of you. Why? Because they saw it as no longer essential. Not forsaking the assembling, the assembling of ourselves together. Clear? Church, clear? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another in so much the more as you see the day approaching. Listen, if you don't see the day of Christ approaching, you you don't even know basic prophecy. His coming is so near, even at the door. So the more we should be faithful to the Lord's house, not the less. Let's, Let's cut to the chase. Let's get to the real reason. Not all the excuses. Let's get to the real reason why people are not being faithful to church. Carnality, worldliness, backsliding. Someone who is living a carnal, worldly, and backslidden life, you know why they don't like to come to church? Because they come under conviction. Now I want to ask you a question. How many of you here enjoy conviction? We got one, Jerry. Jerry, you need to come up and finish this message because I hate conviction. But I know I need it. So when you're, when you're living a carnal life, a worldly life, when you're, when you're backslidden and the preaching of the Word of God takes place, conviction comes upon your life and you feel uncomfortable. You never feel, feel comfortable when you come under conviction until you get that thing right with God. And it's just like a burden's lifted. I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto what? Carnal. Carnality always has been present within the church. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are you not yet carnal? And walk as men walk as unsaved? Sometimes it's really hard to tell the difference between a saved person and an unsaved person. Paul said to the Philippians, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which so walk, how they conduct their lives, so as you have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often and tell you even weeping. He's talking about people within the church. That they are enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end of destruction, whose God is their belly. Whose glory is their shame and who mind earthly things. Listen, you better be careful about being influenced by these kind of people. What, what they'll do, they'll eventually pull you out of church. Jeremiah spoke about backsliding. The Lord hath said, Hast thou seen that which backsliding Israel hath done? How she has played the harlot? I can't think of anything worse happening in a marriage than 
a couple being unfaithful to each other. But think of how unfaithful we have been to the Lord. Our carnality, our worldliness, our backslidings. Out of church. Now, listen, I've been doing this a long time. Some of you have been doing this with me a long time. This is just my observation. I can't give you a verse, but this is what I observe. Stop coming Wednesday night. That's usually the first one to go. Wednesday night. Then they drop off Sunday night. Then they drop out of Sunday school. And then pretty soon they're not showing up for morning service. And pretty soon they're not showing up at all. Pastor Evans, has that kind of been what you've witnessed too? Why then is this people of Jerusalem slidden back by perpetual backslidings? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. Hosea said, and, and my people are bent on backsliding. They just have this bent to them. Zechariah, but they refuse to hearken. They pull away their shoulders. They stop their ears that they should not hear. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to hear that anymore. It just makes me too uncomfortable. I'm going to find a church where I can be more comfortable. There's lots of those out there. So carnality, worldliness, backsliding takes folks out of church. Number two, the fact that there's folks within our church that they're unsaved. I can't think of anything more miserable than being an unsaved person trying to live a saved life. Listen to the words of Peter. For... for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than that after they have known it to turn, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened. It happens. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. And listen to this proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. That's so disgusting. How many of you have seen that? How many would agree that is disgusting? You go, oh, gross, man. The dog is turned to his own vomit and the sow that is washed... To her wallowing in mire. Why do dogs eat vomit and why do pigs love mud? It's their nature. I'm going to tell you something. Until your nature is changed by conversion, by being made a new creature in Christ, you're not going to stay in a Bible-believing, fundamental, gospel-preaching church. Listen to this. 1 John 2, 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they no doubt would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. 
Paul to the Galatians, and that because of false brethren. What's a false brethren? Someone who claims to be born again, but is not. 2 Peter 2, verse 1, But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. Jesus talked about the wheat and the... The good fish and the... The sheep and the... All within Christ's church. Some people leave church because of carnality... Worldliness, backsliding, some because they're just not saved. Others because they get offended. Boy, are we living in an age when everyone gets offended about everything. Good grief, you can't even read Dr. Seuss anymore. Isn't that the craziest thing? Uh, I tell you that the gun manufacturers have to love the Democratic Party. Because whenever the Democratic Party get, get, get in control and start talking about gun control, what happened to gun sales? Did you hear last week the number one book to sell on Amazon was Dr. Seuss? <laughs> this cancel culture, everybody. Isn't it amazing? You cannot offend anyone except Christians. Isn't that interesting? You can speak against the church. You can speak against Christians. Don't speak against anybody else or you will be canceled. So interesting. Hebrews 9, or Proverbs 19 verse 11 says, It is a glory to pass over a transgression. Stop getting so offended. Just pass. Listen, what are one of my favorite sayings that some of you just hate? Get over it. I know some of you hate it, but get over it. The Bible said, it is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine, nor whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. We, sh- we, we need to be careful about causing other people to stumble. But you know what? The Bible said, if any man offend not in word or deed, the same is a perfect man. Are any of you perfected yet? Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now, we shouldn't be offensive. I, I should not be offensive. I, I don't, I mean, very seldom do I think that I, as a person, I know, the, I know the gospel is offensive. I know the preaching of the word of God is offensive. I make no apology for that. But I don't want to personally offend someone but good grief. I got this quote here. I think it's one of the last things I was going to... I'm glad Ben's not here. He gave me 35 minutes last week. I like what this one man said here. I found it. He said, I rejected the church for a time because I found little grace there. And then he says this. I returned to the church later in my life because I found no grace anywhere else. All I'll say to you who get offended, if you do find a perfect church, please do not join it. 
because I guarantee you, you're going to ruin it. <laughs> Many Christians <clears throat> simply do not understand or see the church as essential in their lives. There's, there's many reasons for this. I have to do, there's a glare on that clock. But right here, I cannot tell what time it is. So I'm not moving from this position. But we have so much greater affluence today than we had a few years ago. God warned his people, beware lest thou forget the Lord thy God in the day of thy prosperity. Money allows us to do things and make things a priority over going to church. Doesn't it? Just, just think when folks didn't have the affluence that we have, what did they look forward to? Going to church. <laughs> Filled our lives with so many things. There's a, a, a greater focus on children and our children's activities than there is on church. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not. How many times I heard pastor can't be at church? My kids got a softball game Sunday. Wednesday night has become a big sports night. I told some of you this years ago. When I was in high school, actually we were in JVs at that time, they switched our basketball games from Thursday night many of them they switched to Wednesday night and we had several of the young men on the basketball team that went to our church I was one of them and do you know what my dad did my dad went right down to the school and he protested embarrassed me to death and this is what my dad said he said if you don't reschedule those games none of the young men that go to our church will play on Wednesday night I've talked to their parents. They're going to be in church on Wednesday night. Guess what, guess what they did? They rescheduled. I was so embarrassed by what my dad did, but now I'm so proud of what my dad did. I know our kids have become more important than church. There's a greater focus on our Friends, our family, and family activities. When do we have family reunions? Sunday. How many times have I heard this? My family is the most important thing to me. The most important thing in my life is my family. My family comes first before anything. My family is the number one priority in my life. You better be careful by saying that because you're going to lose your family. God has a way of taking those things which we make more important than him out of our lives. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross... And come after me cannot be my disciple. It's hard when you have a lot of unsafe family members that don't understand. But Christ and his church must be our priority. 
Have your family reunion, but I'll be, I'll be there after church. Greater affluence, greater focus on our children, children's activity, on our family and friends, and the ease of travel. Hasn't travel become easy? Daniel prophesied he, in the latter days, he said, men shall run to and fro over the face of all the earth. <clears throat> Travel's on the rise. People are taking more than the one-week vacation that they used to take. More people are traveling for leisure because it's easy. They're going out of town for the weekend, camping, heading to the lake to visit family and friends. Usually when people go out of town, they don't go to church. That's why I tell you, when you go on vacation, bring me a what? Doug Raby figured out how to print them offline. <laughs> As I was thinking about that, you know, just the ease of travel and just going play, I can only remember my mom and dad were very poor. I can only remember us ever taking one family vacation in my entire time in my parents' home. Only one. And the way they took that vacation, mom for several years used to save 50 cent pieces. Now years ago, 50 cent pieces were pretty common. You can't find them anymore. If you find them, you save them. But my mom for several years saved 50 cent pieces and when she saved enough 50 cent pieces, we took a vacation to visit our family down in West Virginia. We paid for all of our meals with 50 cent pieces. We paid for our gas with 50 cent pieces. My mom was nuts. She was crazy. You know, you think she would have cashed it into dollar bills, but no, she had been saving these 50 cent pieces for years. But yeah, it's easy to get away now. Then now we're, now we're dealing with these latter days blended families. This also has been coming up in my messages. It's not that I'm planning this. I don't plan my messages. God plans them. These things keep coming up. But Malachi chapter 2 says this, And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears and weeping and crying out, insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore, or receiveth it with good will from your hand. And you say, why? Why? Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. I always bring that out when I perform a wedding, that this is a covenant relationship. It's not a contract. Jim, I remember when uh, your daughter and Ben got married. You brought that out. That was a great... Actually, I stole some of that. I was right. Man, he preaches a good wedding right there. And then it says this, verse 15. And did not he make the two one? Why? That he might seek a godly seed. 
That's why divorce doesn't break marriages. It rips apart lives. But now we got, I got my kids this week. You got the kids this week. And I don't get to see them very much. So I don't want to waste my time in church. And you know, that's just the way it is with divorce. It ruins a person financially, emotionally. It affects the kids. I mean, years ago, my wife and I, we took a bunch of teenagers up to bike That'll be years ago, to bike uh, Mackinac Island. And it was in the evening, and we were having a bonfire there on Lake Michigan. And uh, I just asked the question of all these teenagers, if any one thing you can change in your life, what would you change? I think all but one of them came from divorced families. And you know what the number one thing they said? It's my mom and dad would never got a divorce. If there's one thing I could change... Now we're dealing with the online live streaming. Who would have ever thought? Forsake not the live streaming of yourselves together. That's going to be in the next new edition of the Bible that comes out. Forsake not the what? Assembling. With the rise of online church and yeah, I'm thankful that we're able to be online. I mean, there's times that my wife, I don't know where my wife is right now. She, she came, she was going to try to sit up in the front row to see if she'd do better. And during Sunday school, she had to leave. Many times she goes out and sits in the car and watches us online. Many times my daughter Bethany can't come. I mean, we personally are living this thing. I'm, I'm here to tell you this. If you can be in church and you're just staying home watching online, shame on you. If you're home watching online because you can't come to church, I'm glad we have that option for you. There are so many pros and cons about online church, but don't let it keep you out of assembling of yourselves together. Then there's the, these are just, these are just my thoughts. There's a cultural disappearance of guilt for not going to church. Now, I'm old enough to remember when believers used to skip church, they felt guilty about it. (laughs) But our conscience has become seared. Very few Christians feel guilty about not coming to church anymore. Be not conformed to this world. How many times have I mentioned The Lord's Day one time in this country. You do a, do a study of the Lord's Day history in America. It used to be the constable would walk around making sure that businesses were closed. I always love the Andy Griffith. When the businessman comes to town and his car breaks down and he can't find anyone in town, no one's there in town anywhere because they're all where? They're all in church. And then he, has to, then he goes to Andy's house and they're sitting on the porch in the afternoon and they're singing hymns and Barney's there and he's all frustrated because he can't find a place to get his car fixed. And Andy's trying to tell him, you're not going to find, you're not going to find anywhere open today. You've got to wait till tomorrow. There was something special about those days, weren't there? 
But just because the disappearance of guilt no longer affects the Lord's day doesn't mean that it shouldn't affect us. I've heard people say this, and I don't get this, I don't get it, but I've had so many people say this to me over the years, I just, I don't receive any benefit from going to church. All I'll tell you this, is God promises to bless obedience. If you'll listen to what the preacher is preaching, and you'll seek to apply it in your life, God will bless you. If you're not seeing a benefit from coming to church, it's because you're not listening, you're not applying, you're not putting into practice the things that you're hearing. Jeremiah 18 verse 10 says, If they do evil in my sight, that they obey not my voice. Now wait a minute. When was the last time anyone ever saw it evil for not going to church? Do we have a commandment to go to church? I think that's very clear. If they do evil in my sight, that they obey not my voice, like going to church, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. You're not going to get this benefit. Again, I don't get it. Then there's the failure to engage in church ministry. One of the reasons that we're trying to promote this is to get some of you more involved in church ministry. Some of you are very much involved, but some of you aren't involved at all. And I know you have areas in which the Lord has gifted you. And that's why we're taking this month to focus on the church. We want you not only to attend, but we want you to Use the gifts that the Lord has given you, but failure to engage in ministry is one of the reasons people leave the church. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. And it ends with a big amen. Say, what is he saying? He's saying, use your gifts in the church. Don't just be a sitter. Be a server. I love this quote I came across. If you value attendance over engagement, you just attend, but you're not engaged. You will eventually decline in your attendance. Get busy. Get involved. Christians have become more and more secular. We've talked about that. There's a massive cultural shift going on in our country right now. You really need to come tonight to find out why our young people are abandoning church. Our young people. I mean, Fellowship Baptist Church young people. Someone just told me about a couple of our young men who posted online being down at uh, uh, the beaches for... Um, what they call it spring break. A couple of our men, our young men, posting that online, hanging. I didn't, watch, I didn't see it. Just what I heard from different sources. 
there with immodest women all around. Those are young men from our church. We're becoming more and more secular. Pew Research says this, in U.S., decline of Christianity continues now at a rapid pace. Why? This is Pew. Christians are becoming more and more secular. So you know what we've done? We've made our churches more secular to try to keep the people we're losing. Many Christians are forfeiting what they need the most and engaging for what they want now. Pleasure. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. How many of you go to the gym? Three. I would raise my hand, but you would know that I'm lying. <laughs> Going to the gym isn't fun, and it's not easy. Neither is eating healthy. But it's good for you. Church was not designed to be easy, fun, entertaining, or comfortable. There's a real problem because now we're raising a whole generation that are going to church for fun and games. It's not healthy. Now I know. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I got it. But you don't ever have to go home to be married either. But it's a good idea to show up at home once in a while if you want a good marriage. If you want a good spiritual life, you need to show up at home once in a while. Church provides the essential nutrients that we need for the abundant Christian life. Many Christians are allowing good things to crowd out time for the best things. Usually the things that keep people out of church we don't see as bad, as wicked, or sinful. They probably are good things, but they're not the best things that ye may approve the things that are excellent. Don't just settle for the good when God says no. Embrace the excellent. Family reunions, are they good? Yes, but they're not excellent if they take you out of the Lord's house. Is playing golf good? No. <laughs> Is hunting good? Who said no? 
altar. <laughs> I remember how hard it was when, when opening day comes on Sunday. And, uh, and I remember, I remember Napoleon, and I said to Shelly, I said, you know, I could slip out to the Boyers. I could be back before Sunday school. And she said, Dan, you better not. I said, oh, honey, you're right. You know, your conscience of your wife. You're right, honey. I won't do that. Do you know that night, or, or that afternoon, how many remember Merv um, McKinney? Merv Mer, McKinney. He brought me an eight-point buck that he had shot that morning. I said, man, I got an eight-point buck, and I didn't even go out in the woods. That night, Terry Holbrook, remember Terry Holbrook? He hit a deer in the head on the way to church. Would you like a deer? I had two deer and I never even went out hunting. <laughs> Here's another quote. I'll be done here. Is it really? It is almost... Here's a quote. While there are a lot of opportunities to do good things, rather than letting things be your reason for missing church, let church be your reason for missing those things. I like that. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. We become lazy and soft, haven't we? Let's be honest, we become lazy and soft. Let a man deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. I told you, we vacation up in Benzonia. This really impacted me. They got a museum up there. We went to it. There's this picture on the wall. Of that, that was a Christian community at one time. There actually was a Bible college up there. That's why you got Honor. You got um, Beulah, different names. And uh, in that picture... The church house was full. Every man had on a black, it looked like a black wool suit. All of them had beards. and I mean, they were rough-looking guys. I mean, all the women had the same. They had black dresses on. The men were all on one side of the church. The women were all on the other side of the church. Every single man was sleeping. <laughs> Every single woman was awake. You know, I couldn't help but think, those rugged men working in the fields all week long, when they came to church and sat down, they went to sleep. But where were they? We become soft. So many more things I could say here. We've become too busy, 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 busy with worldly things. More of us are working on Sunday. Let me tell you this. You don't have to. I looked this up because so many have come to me and said, I have to work on Sunday. I have to provide for my family. So I looked up and is, is, do you have to? This is called, uh, there, there's, I'll just quote to you. It's called, her name is Robin Shia. She's a discrimination attorney. 
She said, it is not enough for an employee to tell the employer, I need Sundays off. An employee who needs a religious accommodation, accommodation must communicate that to the employer. Number one, they need to write a formal request for accommodation. Number two, they need to communicate that there is a conflict between their work requirement and their religious beliefs. Number three, it must be your personal conviction not to work on Sunday, but to attend religious services. I think that's where the hang-up comes. It's not the conviction. Again, we become too sensitive. Everyone gets their feelings hurt so easily. There are always going to be hurts in church. People are always going to hurt one another, be insensitive, not compassionate enough, critical, judgmental. That's just a church. You know why? Because we're sinners. I came across this verse. I've actually preached through the book of Ecclesiastes. I can never remember this verse. I'll close with this. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21 says, are you all listening? Also, take no heed unto all the words that are spoken. Lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Get offended over that. For oft times also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hath cursed others. When you say, I'm not going to church anymore, I've been so deeply hurt, guess what? You've hurt other people too. That's not an excuse. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.